All right, we're back at it. This is the redhead and a mic, or with and a we're mic. Podcasting with a mic. With your, <laughs> I'm always with the mic. So hello, everyone. Hello. Hey, we're so back we, at it, dude. It's been a minute yeah. since we've like you guys. Of course, all just listened to our last episode. It's like we were never but, gone. But we haven't talked in a while because we got like way ahead. Yeah, and we had and, uh, in our recording had life happen. And so now we're getting bad at all the holidays. The holidays, yeah, and work's been busy yeah. and one thing after yeah. another. But we're gonna do a fun one today, Unbreakable. Ooh, do you have a yes. thingy on it? I don't remember. Is this two thousand? I think it was two, or is it nine? The late nineties. Look, let's look. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I forgot to like bring up. And I don't know why I didn't think about this, but I remember watching it and being like, oh, wait, wasn't Bruce Willis also in Sixth Sense? So he's like... Oh, he's done a ton. He's like done a ton of M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong guy. He's... Oh, yeah. What other ones has he done? Didn't he do another one? Well, I mean, the sequels. Yeah. That's all those. But wasn't there... So he did Sixth Sense. Did he do... Who was Signs? Was that... Oh, is that Mel Gibson? Oh, yeah. That was Mel Gibson. I was thinking signs too, did, but that was Mel Gibson. And then he did Mark Wahlberg in the the one where like nature attacks the people. Can't yeah. remember what that one's called. I can't. Do you remember, remember that one? Either. No. He's got a new one out that looks intense, dude. Oh man. And it's got it's got uh what's his bucket from uh Gardens of the Galaxy? Grax or Gax or Oh the, the wrestler guy? guy? Yeah. And then who else? Oh, I can't remember some Asian guy or something. Do you know that M. Night does a cameo in every single one of them? I had heard that. And I feel like everyone I've seen, like this one, he's the drug pusher. Well, we don't actually get confirmation of that, but he has to be because he saw it. Well, he sees him in the vision or whatever. In his power vision. So all the IMDb, the line about Unbreakable. Uh, oh, yeah, and what year? 2000. 2000, 2000. okay. Mm-hmm. And then the line it says here is, a man learns something extraordinary about himself after a devastating accident. Oh, man. This show is, it is definite. I loved the show. It wasn't, like, I can remember people not loving it. I absolutely love the show. This is one of my top 10, and I was reminded why it was one of my top 10 um, uh, when I watched it last night with my daughter. It's just so dang good. Well, one, M. Night's movies I love because he always films them in Philadelphia um, or yeah. in the surrounding areas of Philadelphia. And so that's Penn Old Stadium uh, cool. in the f- film. It's gone now. Uh, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, I'm like 99.9 that it's gone but um but yeah i love uh and like so many of the things like the scene in the train station where he like puts out his arm yeah is that all in um philadelphia yeah that's yeah that's all in the train station like i've been through there and so it's always really fun when i watch his shows because it's like i've been on that block before you know and it's just it's so cool that he pulls philadelphia and everything so i always instantly just love his movies because it's like i'm taken to a place that i know is he from philadelphia then I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, at so. least likes it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he there. is. I've I've watched interviews. It's been a really long time since I've watched interviews with him or whatever because I was a big fan when he first. Oh, what was that other movie? He had another. He has oh, a wait, bunch. He had, There's is so it Village. Many. Yeah, like Village. I forgot oh, yeah, about Village. Village. And then the other one, uh, the other one that other people didn't like too, it was like a story of like different people having different characters and they all fit in. There was the one like the like, lady in the water or something where Oh is that where, maybe that's the one like different people it was almost like a superhero one also where I remember one guy had one big arm and one small arm. If I'm yeah, remembering the movie that's right. It. That's which this it. That's one lady in the water. was interesting. I remember when I saw it the first time being intrigued just by the opening because it talks about comic book collection, right? It talks about yeah. how the average collector has like I don't know, 3,000 comics or something like that. And I remember thinking, oh, I didn't, is this like a comic movie or something? But it's really like a superhero movie based off this premise that comics are historical. 
um, right? Like it's written mm-hmm. history or, or I guess pictograph yeah. type history. History. I really yeah. think that's a really cool kind of premise to, to, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just written history that's been stretched a little bit. And so there's, there are uh, super, uh, you know, super people, super powers. They're just maybe not stretched to the point where we think, right. Where, mm-hmm. where, you know, someone might, um, be able to have x-ray vision or, or fly, mm-hmm. you know, faster than yeah. anything or, well, it, but it yeah, kind of is almost... stretched too, you know, which is really interesting. I mean, he's yeah, super it's... strong, right? He's indestructible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like a cultivation of intuition, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I love that line somewhere where, where Samuel Jackson is being, um, uh, or Mr. Glass is being the guide of kind of his development. And he's like, it's not like, you know, it's fantastical, you know, expression in the comics. It's more like a subtle, a subtle sense, you know, or whatever. And so, um, it's, it's really just a cool coaching and the whole, like, the thing that I love about the movie, because I think, what, before 2000, we had Batman. What other what other superhero movies did we have before 2000? Because we didn't have the whole Marvel universe, right? Was there, Yeah, when did uh, Hulk come out? Because that's, I mean, I, I, I don't know if they oh, really consider question. that part of, but it is really the first, that was the first superhero movie from the Marvel movies that I, re- like, that was my favorite Hulk Oh, because Batman is DC, right? Yeah, yeah so Batman Hulk is DC. Is 2003, but I don't know which Hulk. The one. the Edward Norton one was the one that yeah, I really liked. I think that one is that one called Incredible Hulk? Maybe let's see Edward Norton. But at that point, yeah, we had Batman and we had Superman. Um oh, we yeah, had Superman the Spider-Man movies, ones, right? Didn't those come we out did? the Tobey Maguire ones? Was that? Oh, that's a great question. Those might oh, have been, those I feel like would have been the the 90s, but they could have been yeah. 2000s. It's all a blur when it gets back that far, right? <laughs> uh, so no, Incredible Hulk was 2008. Crazy. And, then, and you said Spider-Man. Yeah, right? when were when was the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Because that was really like uh, the first. I really liked like, that one too. No, I, yeah. that's definitely after 2000 because I remember being married. Okay. Tobey Maguire. So yeah, it was probably just. Batman, uh, uh, so we're talking... 2002. Yeah, so, two, so, so just yeah, so, barely after. So this is pre, like, all of the explosions of superhero movies besides Batman um, and, uh, and Superman. Superman. And then I, there's probably, I feel it's like... But so the, the thing that I love about it is that it's, like, real, right? That yeah. he places it in, in real this life real world context, mm-hmm. right? And like, he doesn't know. And I love like the opening scenes, like where he's like, you know, he knocks on his wife's door and he's like, when was the last time I was sick? You know, like, like he hadn't even been aware of it, right? Like he yeah, was just so doing this... his thing, being a regular guy and not aware yeah. of, of his identity. So and this is such a cool premise. Bruce Willis, right? Is this character, what is his name in it? I can't remember, but Bruce Willis is the main uh, character and he is having marriage issues he's not ha- feeling that he has a fulfilled life and he's david dunn david uh, dunn that's right and and he's on this train and there's this uh derailment of this train and it's horrific and everyone dies everyone dies except him he's unharmed mm-hmm. he's not scratched he's not harmed he he passed out you know he was unconscious when he wakes up in the hospital and then we have uh, we have this this the Samuel L. Jackson character, Mr. Glass. I can't remember what his actual name is. They say it Elijah Eli- Price. Yeah, that's right. And so we have Samuel L. Jackson, who is a boy that has this bone disease where his bones are really brittle and he he breaks his bones constantly. So he 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 grows up, he's older. Uh, at least it seems that he's older. They don't really yeah, say I'm the trying to remember the date. Well, they, they say the birth year uh, for Elijah, and it was like 72, I think, or 71 or something like that. Oh, they might actually be around the same they, age. They then. flashed, they flashed, uh, they yeah. flashed the, that opening scene where the, the doctor's like, did you drop this baby? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Because he, and that's when, you know, you kind of find out there's something going on with Elijah. 
And so Elijah, or Mr. Glass, the Samuel L. Jackson character, he grows up really being pulled out of his, you know, his stupor depression, feeling like he can't do anything because he just gets hurt with comics. His mom introduces him to comics. And so he grows up to be who John's talking about, this character who finds David and and kind of introduces this question with a note on his his windshield of his truck or van or whatever it is and says mm-hmm. have you has there have you ever been sick has there have you ever been a sick mm-hmm. a day in your life or something and that's really kind of what John's talking about that's the start of this what's going on here he didn't get harmed so Bruce Willis didn't get harmed in this horrific train derailment and now some unknown person is asking in this question which you kind of can gather might be Samuel L. Jackson because those are the only two main characters they've introduced at this point and and so then yeah it kind of spurs into this story about Mr. Glass or Samuel L. Jackson really trying to see if uh uh um, Bruce Willis is a superhero and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the premise of this story yeah it's it's just so fantastic. I, I love the tempo of the movie. I love that it's somber and gray and deliberate. I, I love the opening scene. Like even my daughter said it as we're sitting there and Bruce Willis and the camera's just shifting from the girl. The cinematography is interesting, right? He, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's really it, it's really and I I think I remember I don't know if I remember being aware of it the first time or if I'm just more aware of it now because I watch movies so much. I'm starting to like notice things like that, which I didn't before. Um, but but it's just so it's just so interesting and and uh, and it draws you in. And, it, and it's like it's almost like another character in the movie because it gives you just these different feels of what's going on. And when I was sitting there with Sarah, Sarah, even in that opening scene when it was shifting back and forth and even just the angles, like I feel like the angle on the doctor was different. You know, he just used different angles. Yeah, which just gave that was really. You're talking angle. about after he wakes up from being um, in the the accident. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, he's well, on, I was I was on the hospital. I bed. was first. I was first referencing uh, the train with him talking to the girl where he's kind oh, of oh yeah the girl. yeah and, and it's just mm-hmm. shifting in between. It's one shot, and a lot of his shots there weren't tons of cuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I really liked the, when he first grabbed the comic book and it's upside down Yeah, and, and then, then he, he turns it around, but the camera stays upside down with it, which I thought was really interesting. And, and I felt like it was kind of communicating, you know, how he's a little upside down or, or wrong as it were. But then um, the introduction of the comic gives him meaning and purpose, right? So it continues to spin the camera angle until it's right side up. Mm, right. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. like that's the introduction in his life to turning his world right side up instead of upside down. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, so there's just so many places where he does, you know, these kinds of things with the cinematography and, yeah. and with the color. So I just I remember really liking the tempo that it really built. And I kept looking at Sarah because she hadn't seen it. And so, you know, the thing that's so cool about M. Night Shyamalan's, um, I don't know how to say his name, so I say Shyamalan and Ding Dong, because <laughs> I can never say it right. But, um, you know, his movies always have these reveals. And so I kept looking yeah. at Sarah like, you know, is she figuring it out or what is she thinking? And she was totally like, I was like, oh, because that's the thing that's so great about his movies is it's the first time, right? Because like I've yep. seen it and I just love it. So I'm noticing those things, but you don't know. Like, I love that you're suspended because you don't realize, or I didn't realize, I did not realize that Mr. Glass was the opposite of him if he's the super. I didn't, that was totally got and me. He like, when cues he cues you into it, right? A he little totally bit. does. But then, yeah. but then he's so innocent. But, but the, the thing is, is that's, that's kind of how it, things steamroll, right? That's how the slippery slope happens is, is it starts with this attempt to just like for him, for Mr. Glass, I feel like it starts with an attempt to find meaning in his life, which turns yeah. into obsession. And that obsession turns into, you know, him becoming the evil villain. Well, I and mean, then trying so to make sense of that. Die, right? I mean, right. Well, and, and him just trying to make sense of that, right? Because it's like he, he obviously knows there's a wrongness about him. You know, mm-hmm. if there's no superhero, then he's just a psychotic, you know, sociopathic. Yeah murderer but if there is 
a hero, then I have to exist. Like I have a place in the world and it's yeah. the right place because there has to be an opposite. And that's the first scene where you are introduced to Samuel L. Jackson, where Bruce Willis is going to his store and he's talking about the comic. I didn't realize how much he's telling you um, about the movie and about the story in that scene. You know, he's talking about the realness of the characters and he's, and he's talking about how everything has an opposite. And, well, he's, it, and, and it's interesting in life how we all feel, you know, we all feel a level of inadequacy. We all feel a level of disconnection and we're all looking for, you know, that thing that brings us purpose or meaning. And it's really mm -hmm. interesting to see that, you know, there's this movie has a spin on from the, um, you know, from the bad guy's perspective or the supervillain's perspective, you know, mm -hmm. that thing that brings them meaning and connection is their purpose as the evil villain. Why they exist yeah. is, you know, is the he's the opposite to the superhero. He needs to be there so the superhero right. has purpose. Can be there. Or mm -hmm. the fact that there is a superhero gives him purpose in being there. And it's true. I mean, all of us, you know, I, I think it's true that the thing that we can connect with or, or the thing I connect with in the movie is the cultivation of the awareness of the place that I have in the world. Yeah. You know, and the, and the thing that's really enjoyable about the movie is we see the development and we question, like, is this Samuel Jackson guy just crazy? Because like the, like the mom or wife says... You know, sometimes when people get broken, their minds get broken also. Yeah. Or is it really true that he's a superhero? And it's so cool how after that, the scene where he, you know, he embraces it and, you know, uh, discovers the family and everything. Um, I love. You're talking I about Bruce Willis that. after he yeah. realizes that he is. Yeah. He has some type mm -hmm. of power. Like he, there's something more to him. Yes. And right. yeah, I love that scene too. Go go ahead. There's a shift yeah. with the relationship right. and, and the meaning, right. right? Yeah, like he comes home and he, you know, he's able to engage his wife. And then like he wakes up the next morning and they're at the kitchen. It's like he's found his place. And and Samuel L. Jackson's question to him is like, you know, did you have sadness this morning? Yeah. And he's like, no. It's like cause he, he realized where he was. And I wonder if Samuel L. Jackson was also being like yeah, I don't feel that way either because you are who you are, which yeah. means I am who I am. But I also love that scene where um, it's so subtle and well done where like the mom's cooking the French toast. And because, and this is a really fantastic point in the movie. I'd love to hear what you have to, to say about it. The relationship between the dad and the son and the idea that the, that the dad was going to go away and uh, the clingy, you know, need for the boy to have his dad there. And of course, you know, we idolize our parents and we see our parents as superheroes, which is definitely, I think, a, a, a deliberate storyline that, that M. Night's playing on of, you know, this realization that we have that our parents are mortal. But, you know, and he's at that age too, right? Yeah. He's at that age where maybe you come to realize that your parents are mortal. And, and really the son is a catalyst for Bruce is the catalyst for Bruce Willis's character discovering, right? With the mm -hmm. whole weight scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's when he starts of, to kind of open his eyes to, oh, maybe there's a possibility here. Yeah, he's all like, don't, he like put that, you know, he put all the weight on and then he did, he's like, how much is on there? And he's like, does he say, I don't know? He's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's and he's like, like, well, take some of that off. You could have really hurt me. And then he like puts more on. Uh huh. <laughs> Without his dad knowing, without Bruce Willis knowing, <laughs> knowing, yeah, and that really, and then Bruce Willis does it again, and then the son's like, "I'm sorry, I lied, but let's see if you well, can do more." On? And Bruce is yeah, like, like how much, "Okay, well, how, much, <laughs> how much did you put on? All of it, <laughs> or well, or put on all of it? Is that what he says or something?" Yeah, he's like, "I put it." And all then on. they and then they tape the paint cans and, mm -hmm. and all of that. Like, it's so cool. It's like, well, where's the end? Well, and it's interesting so, because you have. So if we go back to the beginning, right? You have. There's a, a distancing in the the marital relationship where okay, they're not connecting. Out. They're not they're they're not doing well. Uh, Bruce Willis and his wife, and so yeah, the son is is noticing that the son notices him pulling away and wants that connection. Uh, and and I think that you know as he has this fulfillment, Bruce Willis has this fulfillment of 
finding out that there's more purpose to him, he he finds a way to connect back with his wife. It's almost like he was dealing with so much shame of not being what he felt he could have been. Yeah, like what that he intuitively he, felt. Yeah, that he couldn't even connect with his wife anymore, which she's yeah. the whole reason he went down the path he went in life was because he yeah, loved he her loved so her. much. But that, in, mm-hmm. and this is so true in life, you know, we do things because we love people so much. But in the same time, those things, you know, our mind looks at them and tells us we're not enough. We're not, we're not doing what we should be doing. We're not measuring up. And, and it creates this distance and this shame wall comes up to where he can't even connect until he's able to, with the help of Mr. Glass and his son, break that shame wall. And I love it, right? There's the scene where he Mm -hmm. gets his wife because she's sleeping in another room, picks her up, takes her to his bedroom and just lays there with her mm-hmm. and finally well, discloses to her, you know, earlier in the movie, he said, she asked, when did you know we were distancing? And he said, you know, I had a nightmare and I couldn't, I didn't wake you up to ask you if, you know, to hear you say it'd be okay. And it's so yeah. wonderful because in the scene, he carries mm-hmm. his wife up after he's had this shame wall be broken down with the help of Mr. Glass, the help of his son. He's starting to mm-hmm. feel some worth. He takes his wife up, just lays on yeah. her, you know, lays next to her with his head on her shoulder, shoulder and said, yeah. I had a nightmare. Isn't it such a beautiful thing? It's a beautiful scene. That man. He really does a great job. It does a great job of setting that all up through the whole story and the fulfillment. Yeah. And that next scene, the next scene in the kitchen. You know, yeah, the next morning. To, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they've got this intimacy. They've got this playness and the sun comes in and sits down. And I love yeah, how he communicates the to the scene, right? Like, cause Walk, I love because there's no it. words. Yeah, talk us through well, it. So yeah, what so happens? Like, he walks in and, and the sun, I can't remember what the sun asked him or something. Like, do you want French toast? And he sits down and, and, and he's looking at the paper and they show you the article and he and he folds it and he slides it over, you know, real subtle. And I love it. I just it makes me want to like I don't know why it makes me want to cry, but like I guess because it's all communicated with no words. Yeah. You know, it's all just this nonverbal just communication. This nod. Yeah, there's just this nod from Bruce Willis, like, you know, you were right. Look, you know, look at and look at what I did. And just you for some I mean? context, in the newspaper is a story about this person, this man who saves this. Oh, what's the name too? What's the name? It says like I can't a name. remember. Like a, oh, yeah, it there's like a his superhero a, name. Like, yeah, there's a name for him because oh, he wears a raincoat, and he ends up saving these two young children from this man, this killer guy who killed the parents, but saved the two young children. And and this is in the story because they don't know who this is. All they have is the account from these two young children that there was this guy in a raincoat or a poncho basically. And so that's the newspaper clipping that he pushes over to his son that next morning. Mm -hmm. And his son just is looking at this and then looks at his dad and Bruce Willis kind of just nods. And then I think he does say, you were right. And his son just starts breaking down. Oh, he mouths it. it? Yeah. And then his son breaks down and cries. Because that's connection, right? He actually... He actually feels the connection from his father. And the interesting thing is that his son is feeling that shame so profoundly, that distancing so profoundly that he, 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 the only thing the son has to grab onto is this idea that his father mm-hmm. is more than he thinks he is. So the son can yeah. see the shame. It's so obvious to the son, to yeah. this child, that well, his dad is stuck in the shame. And, and he's, he can see, I just need my dad to believe that he's more than yeah. he thinks well, he is to the point, sorry, just one thing. So to the point no, where he is going to kill his dad, like he gets a loaded gun and it's like, I oh, will prove scene. to you that you are more yeah. than you think you are. I have so much faith in you. You just don't have faith in yourself. Like how true is that in life? When we have all these people around us that see so much more in us. To the point where they're just crying out to you and and you're mm-hmm. in life or death danger. Like Bruce Willis is going to be shot and still 
he can't come out of it. And how often, how true is that for each of us where we are so stuck in our shame, where we have people that we trust and love that are just screaming at us. And yet mm-hmm. we stick, we stay stuck in that shame. It's such a beautiful well, think, story about yeah. self view and, and, you know, belittlement and not Family feeling dynamics. enough and, and how, and how, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not, that these people aren't your people. It's not that his wife's not enough for him. It's that he can't see his own value. Yeah. And And I think there's a worth that seems so powerful too, because there's a desperation as well. Right. Because if dad doesn't realize who he is, Mm -hmm. that kid's going to lose his family. Yeah. You know? And so there's a desperation and a, and a craziness and, you know, and that scene is so profound. I love the escalation of the dad. You know, I love that there's like this talking, like trying to reason. And then there's this, uh, yeah. you know, with Bruce this, Willis, like, you know, people yeah. don't shoot people, yeah. you, don't, you don't shoot people you love, you know, you don't do that. And, and then, like, and then I'm going to the move threat. to New York. <laughs> well, it's just, it's like this. Yeah. It's like this parenting. It's like this parenting yeah. strategy. Like you try to talk to your kid and then you try to reason with your kid and then you start to threaten your kid. Like <laughs> I will leave if you, you know what I mean? Which, you know, he's not going to do, but he's, he's trying to get the kid. But yeah. it's such an intense scene. Well, and it's such an intense scene in the movie, too, because we don't know yet that he's a superhero. Yeah. Right? You know, like the first time you watch it or the, you know, I remember because, you you know, it's playing with this idea, but you, you don't know if it's real or not because then well, there's you like, well, know. you were sick. You know, you got yeah. pneumonia when you, you know, your superpower or your weakness or your kryptonite, uh, you fell into the pool and you have this phobia with water and and all of that. Um, and so he's like, no, I was sick. So it does cast doubt on the whole thing. Cause you're like, well, if he's a superhero, then he shouldn't have got sick. Well, you know, and, or... and what's beautiful. So, yeah. So, so the prem or the, the theory by Mr. Glass is, Hey, your, your kryptonite is water. And, mm-hmm. and that's also Mr. Glass's kryptonite also. That's their connection, right? Is he, he'll choke or miss drink water. I think is what Mr. Glass says just like you will stumble or or have hardship when you're in water. But what's so cool about that is that, you know, we have these fears in life. We have these things that are insurmountable. But when he goes to rescue these two kids from this murderer, mm-hmm. he falls into a pool of water. And the only yeah. way out of his kryptonite is because someone comes to him helped him it's not he can't do it on his own and i love that because well it's the two kids right it's the two kids that it is but that theme is over and over again like the only thing that can pull us out of our shame and our our inadequacy is connection or our weakness yeah our our weakness. weakness we need that and yet what prevents us from that connection it's the kryptonite because we don't think we're worthy to connect. We don't think we're worthy for those people. And yet, what do we do? We just distance ourselves or we criticize, we get angry. We do all the things that self-fulfill that prophecy that I'm not enough, even though those people care so much. And we do care about them too. We just are struggling with our shame. So it's really a cool ode to how shame and inadequacy affects our ability to become the superheroes that we are. Yeah, I think it's one of the reasons why I just love this movie so much is because there's so many of he deals with so many aspects of of this. The reveal of, you know, this is a normal person that there is the superhero in this normal person life. You know, there is this desperation of a family splitting apart, you know, because yeah. of, of all the things that you mentioned of this sense of you know he's not fulfilled and so because he's not fulfilled because he's not living his purpose he's projecting that onto the relationship and he's thinking that the relationship isn't fulfilling Mm -hmm. um and then you know you have the desperation of this boy that doesn't want to lose his father and grappling you know with you know the age of the fallibility of a parent but then the realization or the belief or the hope or the clinging that he's more than a than an average guy yeah, I, it's it's funny that one scene where uh, Bruce Willis is getting off the bus. Um, it's earlier in the film, and the boy is in the park playing with yeah, the other playing kids. Football. In the park. Come on, Dad, you're stronger than him, and that's right before the weightlifting scene. 
and uh and he says no i'm, I'm gonna go work out and then he's like okay and then he yells to everybody i'm gonna go work out with my dad guys see you later and my daughter was like oh that's so cute because <laughs> like my daughter my, i think my daughter was connecting with the yeah. desperation of the kid needing her parents you know she's younger yeah. she's senior in high school and getting ready to head off into the world and so i imagine that those themes were kind of hitting her oh, as she sure. was what she was connecting with and identifying that notion of leaving my family and and so yeah he deals with all of these so well and it's true too i don't think i had put that connection together um quite like you articulated it but it is really profound you know as he as he fulfills his purpose and then is able to close the loop and tell her you know i had another nightmare which is really interesting too because it's like the nightmare was what the the fulfillment or i guess facing I mean, it's nightmarish that he had to take on a killer. You know I think what I mean? really what he's saying is, I, you know, my nightmare was I was stuck in my inadequacy and now I've found, sure. yeah. you know, found that worth. And he's looking for her to, to confirm that because there's still shame present. And she confirms yeah. that by saying whatever she says, it's going to be okay yeah. or something, right? Yeah, it's going to be okay or it just shows love, you know? It's really interesting, yeah, how how there is that that arc there, and and really, you know, finding his purpose, you know, that purpose is really just the the shame antidote. Well, right? that's well, yeah, it is. That's right. I mean, connecting with what we're here to do, because mm -hmm. I I really believe that. I believe that we all have purpose, and we need to have purpose and meaning, and. I believe there are things for us to do in the world, you know, things that we're appointed to do, things that we need to fulfill to do, things that make it right, you know, because if you're not, yeah. if you're not fulfilling those things, the subconscious is like, yeah, you're not, you aren't being who you are, you know, and so that brings into question your value or, or, or worth, you know, I, I think every soul has value and worth, Definitely. Um, even if someone struggles to, struggles to find their worth or if they're broken through, you know, through the world or whatever. Um, which is interesting too, because doesn't the mom say something about that? Um, like when Bruce Willis shows up at the yeah, at she the, says a lot the, of really kind of profound yeah, things throughout the movie. What is she I mean, she's only in like, like was two or three scenes, but two scenes. Yeah, she says something like I think I wrote I think I like wrote it down like um, oh that he had a couple of really bad spills that almost broke him. Yeah, well, know? that's what but, I love about the title of the movie, Unbreakable. Right. Because you can mm -hmm. see, oh, this is Bruce Willis. He's unbreakable because he just can't. But I think Mr. Glass is really unbreakable because he's yeah, still I mean, like he is constantly fighting real, to, to move mm -hmm. through ever since he hasn't his had mom the introduces the comics. Yeah, because he hasn't had the realization yet, right? That doesn't happen until the end of the movie. Yeah, that that scene where he he chases down the guy in the poncho. Oh. Yeah, and he oh, it's falls. so horrifying. Yes, he starts to go down. My time. daughter. Yeah, I do too. I I was awful. I was already like biting my finger. Like, and as yeah. he starts walking, my and my daughter's like, "What's he doing?" She's like, "He shouldn't go near those stairs. What's he doing?" And I'm, like, he starts going. She's like, "Oh no, oh no!" And then it's so brutal because the sound and the, so the cinematography is so Mr. well done. Mr. Glass is trying to. So Samuel L. Jackson's character, the one that has the bone uh, disease, that his bones break really easily. He's trying to, to chase down this guy that Bruce Willis had a vision, had a gun in, that he was hiding. And so... Yeah, because he asks them, describe the gun. Yeah. So, and yeah. So Bruce Willis is like, it's silver gun with a black handle. And so Samuel L. Jackson is trying to chase him down because he wants to see, does he have this power of having these visions? And... He's chasing this guy and he gets to a train station. There's a huge, a huge stair stairway, basically. And he ends up falling, of course, and really oh, gets hurt because he, you know, he breaks stuff way And it's easier. so well done. It's so well done. The anticipation of him, like, like skipping oh, down the stairs. In the end, tell us what happens, and John, he grabs at the, hand, the end. He grabs the hand of the fall scene yeah that's my favorite part well, so he's in utter utter pain. oh yeah yeah all right so he's, he's skipping down skipping down he, he grasps you see him miss the railing and you're like oh gosh oh no mm -hmm. and then he falls and they do the leg Ugh. you see the leg break yep. and it's and they well at first is his glass um cane uh, walking cane mm -hmm. shatters and then you're like oh no and then he starts to shatter and break and you just know right it's so gruesome and he's like upside down looking at the guy and they slow-mo it 
and the poncho guy jumps over the 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 running stall or to go on the subway and then you see it like you know you see the gun with the silver the silver gun and then the black handle you know and it's like the realization yeah. of like see but the fact that he was willing to put himself yep. you know in that place for the confirmation that that's how much he was desperate to understand who he was and to confirm the belief he had about um David David's character is uh yeah it's it's unbelievable like it's unbelievable unbelievable commitment and then of course it introduces kind of when you the can see the of pain development of the character too right when he yeah. he's in utter pain kind of upside down and then he sees the gun and they shoot back to his eyes and you can you can literally see the fade Does or he the, smile the too? pain I think, fade out of his eyes. It's yeah, really and I think he cool. has a little bit of a smile, yeah. like a little bit of a smile. So it's a really interesting like a juxtaposition, right? Of yeah. of a pain of being broken. But that's really like kind of what the mom says. He's had some spills that almost broke him. And that one well, really that's could because have. he's unbreakable, right? Even yeah. after the fall in the stairs, which was crazy yeah. breakable. Yeah. He's still unbreakable. And that's what I love because that play on unbreakable for Mr. Glass, but then also the purpose of unbreakable for Dave Will, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce, uh, what is his name? Dave Burns, or but Bruce Willis's character. Uh, the character, yeah. I show. love how that yeah, title plays on, at least for me. I don't know that was intended or not, but for me, it plays on both of them so both well. Both sides. Mm -hmm. No, I think it does. I, I'm sure that that was intentional and it, and it plays on both sides really well. So can I ask um, you, there's a part of this movie that has always, always been hard for me. I, I don't, I think to say it like really bothers me is probably too strong, but it really has been a part that's been hard for me every time I've seen it. So Bruce mm -hmm. Willis has this ability to kind of see visions. If he's near someone or if he touches them, he can kind of see visions so he goes to the train station, the one you mentioned earlier that is in, mm -hmm. in uh, Philadelphia. He goes to this train station and he's having people walk by. I think it's in the train station. I don't think it's in the football stadium. Well, I can't they remember. Do it, yeah, there's two different times where he does it. The one that he really goes forward with purpose and is being coached at this point by Mr. Glass is... Um, in the train station, like, You might be right? scared is that the one where he walks around, he, he first sees the woman stealing something yeah and then he sees the one guy Raping throw a bottle a woman no well the first is throw oh, the body yeah. and then there's a guy about to rape so he um, sees a woman he sees these visions one guy so one lady steals something which doesn't bother me so much but then the other guy does a hate crime and like mm -hmm. there's this elderly african-american lady and he like bashes a bottle yeah. over her yeah, head awful. and then the that's next awful. one is a guy that looks like I don't know if He's he about to, yeah like it, yeah like he drugged her he like looked like he drugged drugs. her she was at least yeah. drunk and then was gonna rape her and right. then he sees this one with the guy who like knocks out or or like it looks like murders this man and takes over the house which we later find out there's kids in the house and he rescues the kids but it right. always bothered me like for me. I don't think I could have gotten past the the second one where there was the hate yeah. crime, let alone the third yeah. one where the kid raped someone. Like, how did he let those two just go I, by and go I for the know. third one? I, that one always was hard for me. Or the fourth me. one. Or the fourth yeah, one. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought about it, I, you know, and, and Sarah was like, yeah, he's going to let that other one go. And yeah. I didn't interpret it that way. I didn't interpret it like he was looking for the most bad person. I interpreted it like he was just filtering, like he was just getting in the experience of it. Not like he was like, well, I'm going to find the most bad person. So to me, because the way that it appeared to me is like he was looking at the guy who was the the so maybe he's still rapist. doubting that ability yeah, his superpower like he's, he's like i'm not sure yeah, if that really yeah, happened yeah that's how i interpreted it like he was getting familiar but also to the interesting thing about yeah i don't i can't that's get a good past point it. let me say that yeah, hold on. Oh, okay go ahead oh go ahead so 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 there's that aspect and then also the other aspect of it is the first three crimes like he couldn't do anything about like they were done the fourth one was something that he could still do something about, right? Like, so, um, like, I don't know what he would have done as a superhero or whatever about the hate crime guy 
or the right person, I guess, unless he followed them till they were about to do it again and then yeah. he could intervene. But the fourth one where there's the murder of the husband and then the other, it's almost like it's still happening. So there's something to yeah. intervene with. So I think it's somewhere between those two ideas because it is bothersome that it's like this idea of like he would let those go. Yeah, I don't know, think the I bigger could fish, have. Let's say. But I think yeah. what would provide me a little bit more comfort is this idea of he's questioning that superpower still and he's not sure. And then for that one with the guy where he sees this guy just kind of like take over the house. Action. Yeah, I wonder if he was just like, you know what, I'm just going to follow. Because the whole way he's yes. staying, he's like not sure and he just follows. <laughs> and so right. maybe that was the idea is I'll just follow that guy and just see if anything see. comes of it to see if I can right. confirm if I have this superpower or not. That's how I did it. It was like more of a development so hard, and maturity and an expression. It is. It's and then really even, even the way that, that M. Night does like the, he rescued the kids, but the mom and dad are murdered. Like, oh, that I hate too. Yeah. I'm like, oh. And and the fact well, the way that they show the the mom too like where you have hope she's alive and then she's not like so yeah, that's like really the most painful. depressing part. <laughs> yeah, it is a really depressing, and it's just part of the grayness of the movie, right? Yeah. But I also like that because sure, it, it has plays its place. into the realness, mm-hmm. right? Like it plays into the realness of like mm-hmm. yeah, he's not some superhero that knocks down a building and saves everybody. Actually, a horrible thing still happened, and he saved the kids. You know, um, but a horrible thing still happened. Well, into the realness you know, and, and of so he can't save everyone also. Everyone, so you exactly. see these visions of crimes exactly. that have already happened, aren't currently exactly. happening, that he doesn't do anything about. And and I think that he can't is do anything real. about. He, yeah. he can't do anything about. I mean, he definitely could have followed them and prevented, but it's not like he could have got them arrested. He didn't have any yeah. you know, evidence or anything. And like I don't think could have done. I don't think. You know, for me, I'm like, just go beat him up. That's what my mind says. But then that's not (laughs) the answer, right? That's not right. Yeah. Well, it feels like the answer in those two. Sure. Those two. It's like, man, which is why we love. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we love superhero. Well, that's why Batman's so awesome. Batman would just beat him up. Yeah, he hasn't gotten to Batman's ass. I mean, come on, he's he's cultivating his superpowers here. Like, let's give him. But that's what I love about this movie is that he is a Batman. Because Batman is yeah. like that type of superpower or, or superhero, right? Where his superpower is his resilience, his ability to keep moving forward. And of course, his wealth helps, right? Quite a bit. And then his strength, mm-hmm. his in, ingenuity, or at least his ability to find people that have that creative power to create things for mm-hmm. him. And, I, and that's love, similar to like this. There's not many superheroes that are like a Batman or like Green Arrow is similar. There's, you know, yeah. Skyhawk. There's a few of them. I love Skyhawk. that the re- I, can't remember the I love that the relationship between good and evil is what cultivates yeah. Bruce Willis into the action of the fulfillment of his purpose. I think it's just such a fantastic, you know, it's a fantastic arc for Mr. Glass and it's a fantastic arc well, plays um, off the a, relationship of the movie that idea of of you know when you look at when you watch the smallville which i don't know when that show yeah. came out but smallville, smallville with was lex luther and clark yeah, kent were friends right yeah. they were friends yeah. and that developed into so it's kind of a cool idea of how the superhero and and no smallville started after 2001 was when smallville started. yeah I, so i wonder if they took that idea from or maybe yeah. that's in the comics somewhere i've not read a ton of superman comics to know no really. and I love, but we were actually talking movies, about smallville not. last night too we were talking about smallville and i've only gotten to season eight i've never watched season nine and ten i, I really should go back i love gosh i love the Smallville. <laughs> they're just so it's just so dang yeah, good. I, I, when i love i this movie is a lot of fun and it's neat to watch but that part was all it's always every time i watch it i'm just like it is disturbing it's very disturbing but it's it's part of what i love about it i love that it's gray i love that it's real i love that it's visceral and and that it hurts you you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's not it's not the total fulfillment because that's the tone of the movie the tone of the movie isn't a spider-man marvel movie the tone of the movie is a real guy in the real world dealing with real struggles and real loss you know 
And so I, I love that. Do, do you remember, did, was it a total reveal for you when you watched it the first time? Um, or did you, do you think you put any of it no, together? Or I'm or not really that type you? of person where I put things together. Usually when I'm watching a movie, I'm just watching it. You're just and it. so I'm pretty sure when I first saw it that I didn't really connect that Mr. Glass was the one that did the, like did the, the, what was it the plane crash and the building fire or whatever mm -hmm. until that scene at the end and i'm like oh oh okay yeah he's like the bad guy <laughs> he's the bad guy yeah it was a total reveal for me too because i i also because this is i mean i think this is m night's probably second movie if six Sense was his first movie you know now we know that he likes to play this genre we know that he wants to reveal we know he's yeah. holding something back we know that he's being mysterious and and disturbing and that there's always this kind of interesting twist in his movies every yeah. single one of his movies well, and has so this, this kind of twist this, this, well he's playing with he's playing with belief yeah. and supernatural and he does it with science too it's like is there real aliens or not yeah and then there is you know what i mean and so you see all the signs yep, of exactly. the reality so he's he's playing with what these all these things of like is it real it would be really great for him to do a ghost movie you know what i mean yeah that and would like be do cool. a reveal like that'd be another one which i guess is what he could science get demi is. Moore to or be sorry or six sense i guess and then he could do the cameo behind demi of, moore doing the the vase creation that could be him <laughs> since patrick swayze is no longer with us uh, <laughs> okay that went off i'm sorry i get your point though. I, uh, six sense kind of is the ghost one right that is yeah, the it ghost is. One. Well, and do you know, so I'm a huge um, uh, Orson Scott Card fan, mm -hmm. and Orson Scott Card hates M. Night because he he believes, and he's written blogs about it a long time ago, that he thinks M. Night steals all of his material from other stories. And oh, if, really? Yeah, because... He could, who knows? Um, <laughs> well, well, Orson, have you ever read Orson Scott Card's book, um, The Lost Boys? No, I think I've only read... Um, the Ender's, Ender's, the Ender's, and Ender's Shadow, and then and so, then I read, I think, Pathfinder. Is that one of his? Yes. I think mm -hmm. I read Pathfinder, just the first one. So, um, you know, pause this or skip it if you ever want to read The Lost Boys, which is not a vampire movie. <laughs> it and is a vampire wrote, movie, I think, but this is a book you're Yes, but about. not, yeah, it's not a book <laughs> about kid vampires. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in, in the story, um, the boy sees uh, the main character in The Lost Boys. There's a serial killer in his town, and the boy is seeing the dead children. And, oh. um, and then it's revealed at the end that, that they're dead because you don't know, and there's Crazy. all this consternation. And so he, so he believes that M. Night stole his idea and repackaged it. And one of the things that he cites is there's the scene in the movie where the teacher like rips into the kid. Yeah. And that's that's a scene right out of the book. You know what I mean? Crazy. So the fact that you have and so like so yeah, Orson's got cards like, you know, he didn't have to go after him or anything, but he just thinks he's a he's a thief of material and so he freaking hates him. He wrote a really scathing blog many years ago that I that's read. That's crazy. And and then he cites his other movies and he finds like where he would have pulled the ideas from the other movies as well. And so I don't think Orson's got cards a big fan of M night, but but doesn't, I love M. Night's like movies. <laughs> or you maybe know, he is because he keeps watching the movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing the thing that he was really upset about, he, he really liked Sixth Sense actually as a movie. Um, but he, he said the thing that really broke his heart is that then he knew that his story, The Lost Boys, could never be made into a movie. Yeah. You know, because Sixth Sense had been made. You know, mm -hmm. so he just, you know. And that was when, you know, he was really opining over uh, to get Ender, because he wanted Ender to be a movie forever. There was a he had been actively trying to get Ender to be made a movie forever, and he constantly was having problems because they always wanted to make Ender a teenager, and they always wanted to have a love story, which they kind of did yeah. in it. I think that somebody should make Ender's Game and do the whole Bean series, and they should do it in animation and do it in the style of the new Spider-Man cartoon movies. Yeah, it'd be cool oh if they gosh, did a series, so cool. like an animated series, because they could oh, give it so much good. more attention, because there's a lot oh, within, yeah. within the Ender and Ender Shadows series. There's just so much. Um, oh, it'd be so cool. So I had a little spoiler. Um, I mean, we've given tons of spoilers, but this is a more fun spoiler. These are old movies, too. So we... <laughs> 
we are going to, we're going to, our goal is to do the trilogy. So we're going to do split and then glass. So the spoiler is I've never seen split or glass. I know. So I'm really excited. I know. I'm really excited. (laughs) Well, and it's crazy because I was looking at it yesterday or the day before and I, I didn't realize split came out like 17 or 18 years after yeah, Unbreakable. super long break. Yeah, he decided to do. Um, he decided to do like a million it's other really, movies. But... Well, it's a really <laughs> sud. It's a really subtle follow too. Like, I mean, you could watch Split without watching Unbreakable. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Still, so I'm still I'm excited to watch it. Oh, and we're gonna do so, Split, and then we're gonna do Glass. Michael, you are gonna love Split. <laughs> it's it's a it's a oh it's so good it's so good. <laughs> I'm excited. Glass is just Glass is horrifying. Um, but a split a split is really it's really good, dude. It's really good. <laughs> like I don't know. I'm really excited to watch it with my daughter because I'm like, all right, we go because she hasn't she hasn't watched it because when it came out a couple years ago, two or three years ago, I was like, Sarah, you can't watch this movie. It was too it's, much for her at that age. Yeah, I'm like, it'll give you it'll give you nightmares. You cannot watch this movie. So um, that's so awesome. We didn't we didn't I'm let excited. we didn't let our minor children uh, watch Split, but it is so. So now it's, you it's really have, good. You have I'm so excited for you to watch. I'm so excited to, to talk to you. About I know. It. I'm excited too. It. Well, you'll ha- you might have to carry more of the weight on those conversations since I'll probably have only oh, seen them fine. once, but that's fine. But yeah. So um so I asked you if if the reveal had surprised you which it did. Mhm. So what aspect So you talked a lot about the the character development and the shame wall and the realization uh of of both we've talked about both characters as unbreakable which is mm-hmm. really which is a really fantastic point around the human spirit because i really think that the devoted determined human spirit is unbreakable yeah you know what i mean but was there some aspect um outside of the shame wall storyline and and the connection of the characters another aspect of this movie that that you really liked it and, and how high do you put it on your list of movies you really enjoyed I, I, well, I, I do enjoy this movie. It's hard for me to rank movies. You know, it's definitely a movie I've watched more than once. I've watched it throughout the years. And it's one that I enjoy because I like the superhero aspect. Mm -hmm. I like kind of, I like the growth. Um, There's some things that are always hard, like the way the movie starts, where he takes his wedding ring off on the train and puts it away because he sees an attractive girl. Things like that really kind of bother me. Bug me. It just seems so gross. Yeah, I I know. Yeah, because he's on. I mean, he's he's headed towards this. You know, he's headed towards a divorce, and so he's experimenting with this idea of flirting a little bit. You know what I mean? But still, it's just. I mean, it's when people when you know when (laughs) yeah when when couples are in this phase where it looks like they're gonna divorce yeah that's a time where you know affairs or people it's like well the relationship's over anyway so i might as well see what will happen here yeah there's all types of rationale that comes into play and and i don't i don't judge them like i'm able to get through them but things like that are always hard for me but i love that that it move like i love how she deals with it the lady's like oh i'm married and then she's like you know i'm gonna change seats So that kind of, I remember seeing the movie the first time and being like, oh, what's going on here? Is this going to be a superhero or a comic movie? Or is this going to be a drama about someone committing adultery and cheating on their wife? Or, you know, that's kind of, I remember the first thing, but then I love it because it goes off on this whole adventure and this character building arc of dealing with you know, self-view, dealing with shame, overcoming that to to a degree. I don't know that we can ever fully overcome shame, but but learning to connect again with his spouse, which I love that scene. And I love mm-hmm. the scene where he connects with his son and he fulfills mm-hmm. becoming something more because he's us. He's a normal person. Yeah. He's just like yeah, the rest of us. Exactly. And I, I love exactly. that part of the movie. And and then you know of course I talked earlier about the other part and where he's like oh they show these horrific things happening where there's this hate crime where this mm-hmm. elderly lady's I getting a if bottle was, bashed and in that scene I wondered if there was something to it because um, I don't know if this was per, I, I mean well everything they do in movies is very deliberate but did you so you know the movie's got a very gray hue to it pretty consistently especially when the, when the tension goes up it, I, I noticed that the color palette was more kind of gray. 
Did you notice that the uh, offenders were like different colors? Like the one was yeah. green. Yeah, the girl was, was red. That? The girl was red. She like a really like you know mm-hmm. intense red blouse. I think the the hate crime was green. I think um, I can't remember the rapist. Maybe it was. Well, the yellow bad guy, maybe the or was something. orange. Maybe it was. Oh, he had like a plaid heavy in the yellows. Yeah. And so I wondered, like, was that just so that the attention like was to that's who it was in the scene? So like when he bumped it, it was like you knew it was the woman because maybe you know, she was a different color. And yeah. so it was just to draw attention or if there was some other meaning to use. Are those primary colors? Or I don't know. Is orange, yellow, I green? Think the... and... Are those primary colors? I don't know if there was something else know. to the color choices. You know, I didn't know if there was something to that or if it was just to bring attention to who they were. Yeah, I don't know either. That's probably too deep. But I did notice that. Like, they stuck out. And yeah. that's what I noticed. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's easy. That's her. Because she had red in the yeah. vision. She has red on well, now. So maybe maybe he's just taking... Maybe what he was doing, M. Night was doing, was just taking us into his world. Like, this is how yeah. he saw Oh, it. yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, oh, like, I bumped, and there they are, like, fluorescent and noticeable. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, everything else is gray, because now my sonar for evil acts or bad acts is isn't is in a tune i think and that's attuned to these probably it because he was in like it was super crowded like there was people right. there would no, be no way you know he'd have to have some way of pinpointing who was a it dis- that i just dif- touched differentiating yeah between who and who and who yeah but yeah I, I i um i like it a lot and it's one that i i enjoy watching even though you know having those things that I don't like in movies doesn't mean I don't like them, right? They're still mm-hmm. good movies, but I feel like there's one thing this movie does for a superhero movie type thing that's really cool is it really pulls you in a lot of different directions emotionally, but then mm-hmm. it also connects to you with it feeling attainable. Like, like it feels, person, yeah. yeah, it feels like, mm-hmm. oh, this could be, this could be any of us, you know, right. maybe not the, you know, never working out <laughs> being able. Well, I mean, he didn't really, I mean, he's a small guy. So benching that was, was a, a decent, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I really, one of the things that struck me right off in the opening scene, not, not the baby scene, but the other one with Bruce Willis is he's so fantastically charismatic, man, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting there. All of his, he's because he's so subtle and so subdued. Yeah, it's all nonverbal. Yeah, but I still freaking love Bruce Willis, man. Yeah. I mean, I love the Nakatomi Plaza diehard, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I I love him in Sixth Sense, you know? I mean, he's a therapist in Sixth Sense or a psychiatrist. I can't remember. I think he's a psychologist, a child psychologist in Sixth Sense. And he's just so fantastically charismatic. He just pulls me in. So I I love, I just appreciated how much I really like Bruce Willis as an actor because he's so incredibly charismatic. Well, he um, seems invincible at times. Yeah. And he's not, he's not a huge guy. You know, like no. superhero movies now, I feel like they all make them ripped and six pack abs and yeah. look bigger than they actually are. But Bruce yeah, Willis like pulls it off movie. by just being yeah, Hemingsworth. Bruce Willis. What's his bucket from the Aqua movies? You know, they have to do these shirtless scenes where they're all yeah chiseled I don't or whatever. That guy's name, but the Polynesian guy. Yeah, the Aquaman guy. <laughs> I can't remember his name either. He's from Stargate so, Atlantis. Nice. So I love, I love the tone. I love the play. I love the reveal. I love the realness. And I, I really like the M Night. I like M Night's movies because he plays with the idea of belief. Yeah. And is it real? I, I really enjoy being taken on that journey where I'm, where these things that we question of whether or not they're real or not, you know, and uh, and then he reveals them to you and and makes make them makes them make sense. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It'd be cool for him to do like a a vampire wolf movie, you know, and have a a reveal. But I guess it's kind of been I don't know I don't know. It'll be interesting to see his new one, and uh, his new one looks really gruesome. Um, but <laughs> I don't even know what the new one is. I could look. I'll have to look. I'll I know look, he has look. stuff on the uh, Apple Plus. He has something new called, I think, Servant, that or that may not be? be new. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, knock at the cabin. I enjoy. Okay. Yeah. That's not, knock I don't at the cabin. I haven't seen the visit. I didn't know that he did bird box. I knew he did old gosh, old, the horrifying movie, the horrifying movie. I, but yeah, did I, you see that? Did you what, see old? old? Oh no. I listened to a podcast oh. on it and I was like, I don't know if I want to watch it. <laughs> I, I guess Airbender was Airbender was the one that he did that was outside the the, yeah. the reveal. Though I didn't I see Bird Box, I, and I didn't see the visit. Airbender, Airbender, the last Airbender, yeah. very much. I mean, I, my kids loved it. Did they? I've seen yeah. the cartoon quite a bit of it. Not well, all he of departed. It. I liked the cartoon. They love the cartoon, and he departed. I think a lot from the cartoon, but they still. I think they still liked it. They didn't watch it a ton. I remember growing. You know, yeah. Came out when? Let's see. That came out in two thousand ten. They watched it a couple times, but they love the cartoons. Yeah, the cartoons. Urban cartoons. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. Cool, I'm excited for the next two. So look out for them, people. We'll have they're coming. Uh, split and split. then glass. Mm-hmm. Thanks everyone for joining. It was fun today. Good being with you. Adios, amigos. All right, let's.